Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. No, I, I still think the defense is a work in progress, to say the mm-hmm. least. But I, I think the offense is as well. Welcome back, live post game show. Mark Farzetta, Derek on Devin Caney with you, and joining us from Denver right now to give us all the ins and outs of what took place after the game. And he's brought to us by Mesa Law and Associates. Need a tough injury lawyer called Mesa and Associates. John McMullen joins us from Denver. What's up, John? How are you guys? Big win. <laughs> we are. I, that. We're, I, th- I, I think somebody did. I'm not pointing fingers, but. You was know, that you? Did you somebody... predict a win, John? John, did you say they're yes, going to win this I game? Did. Oh, look yes, at I you. <laughs> I want proof. I don't believe it. I want proof. Oh, it's all over the place, DJ. <laughs> Chili Boys, Sports <laughs> Illustrated, Jacob Media, all over. All multiple, over the place. Multiple places. Uh, John, look, I, we are we are we're here today to celebrate you first and foremost. But let me ask this question: uh, It's a serious, it's a serious question, brother. Uh, Dallas Goddard, any news on him after the game? Any news on any other injuries uh, that the Eagles suffered today? Uh, with Dallas, it's a concussion, so he is going going to be in the protocol moving forward. So, you know, that's one of those things where they're so unpredictable, and there's different levels. And you saw somebody like Josh Sweat just kind of skate through the protocol. Uh, for other people, more serious concussions, it's a little bit more difficult. Um, it was, you know, sort of a, you know, Dallas has been playing so well, sure. and he was playing so well early in this game. You know, you kind of thought, uh-oh, here we go. This is going to really affect the Eagles. And I think it did for a short period of time, but they were able uh, to recover. And I think they played certainly their best game of the year offensively. And then defensively, they were able to to play complementary football. Look, the reason I picked the Eagles to win, because I knew Denver was going to be without both of their starting offensive tackles. You can't win in this league if you can't block people. And that's what happened uh, to the Broncos. They were too banged up. The Eagles, uh, to their credit, were able to take advantage of it. And, 
even had some special teams in the block field goal. So goes back sort of reminiscent of that Carolina win. Hey, hey John, I want you to clear up something because uh, Nick Sirianni said something in his press conference. In all my years of, of covering football, I've never heard this before. And he made reference city, to the city fact, fumble, country you know, fumble. The, a, a, yeah, the difference between a city fumble and a country fumble. Can you explain this, please? <laughs> yeah, I liked it. I, I actually liked it. So I did too. A city, a city fumble is basically, you know, when it's crowded, uh, when when you're in the pile, just fall on the football. A country fumble is if you're outside, you know, the ball's live and nobody's around it. You can try to scoop it and score. You know, and I joke with Darius Slay after he kind of turned the city fumble into a country fumble and then took it home because he he picked up the fumble, dropped it, and and then took it to the house. So, And that was the play that really sealed the game for the Eagles. Because remember, that was a fourth and one, and Denver was down 20 to 13. They were moving the football. The Eagles sort of came out in the second half, and that was – the one, if you're going to nitpick, they didn't show really much of a sense of urgency mm-hmm. offensively, and they sort of uh, uh, went back to their their prior identity before this four-game stretch of running the football was three and out. And then it was the interception, uh, which wasn't Jalen's fault. That was uh, Kenny Gainwell uh, didn't pick up a, a pass rush and uh, wasn't able to get through on his throw, turned into an interception. But you know, Denver was coming. They were coming back, and, and mm-hmm. that play completely crushed them, uh, and I think it was the turning point kind of sealed the game. I'm starting to think that Nick Sirianni needs to, like, write his own football terminology book just with, you know, yeah. fertilizer means this, flowers mean this. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> what, John, when we were t- uh, starting the show, we were talking about the defense, and uh, Mark said that Gannon is out of the doghouse, at least for him. I kind of disagree. I think he still has a lot to prove. Uh, what's your take on Gannon and, and how he improved the the defense going into this game? Uh, and, and no, I, I I think you're right, Devin. I I don't think it's necessary. I you know if everybody's down there, two starting offensive tackles, I think he's out of the woods. But that's not going to happen every week. Um, and you're going to have dip, more difficult time. Uh, trying to corral different offenses in this league at, at particular times. Now, we know the Eagles are, are through the difficult part of their schedule, uh, and that's a positive. But, no, I, I still think the defense is a work in progress, to say the uh-huh. least. But I, I think the offense is as well. I, I do think the people are kind of over the top on criticizing Jonathan Gannon. I, I mean, at times this team has struggled against good offenses and really good quarterbacks, but they've also had some good games and people kind of, uh, you know, want to sweep them under the rug as well. You can't necessarily do that either, but there's always the context of who, who you're playing. And Teddy Bridgewater was under siege today uh, mm-hmm. because Garrett Polis wasn't out there and um, um, it, it's, you know, they were down three starters actually on the offensive line. So, right. you know, we, we talk about the Eagles and this is a credit to Jeff Stoutland because they put in Jack Driscoll and Nate Herbig at times and Andre Dillard and on and on and on. And they're at least competent. They're not great. Uh, they're not Brandon Brooks or Isaac Sayamalo, uh, but they're competent. You see other teams, 
and man, they just completely fall apart. And you saw that with Denver today. On on that note of Jonathan Gannon being aggressive or you know going to have success against an offensive line that's banged up, one thing I will give credit if we look at the Lions game for instance, John, and we say if they take some of these schemes and throw them at the Chargers, they'll work, and they did. Then they took some of the schemes that they used against the Chargers, used them in this game, and they worked offensively speaking. But from a defensive perspective, I loved first and goal from the ten yard line, eleven or excuse me, uh, nine yard line, excuse me, and you have Teddy Bridgewater drop back to pass and six. Rushers are going after him in the backfield. They forced the errant throw, which was thrown over the head of Williams, who was in the flat there. I think it was Slay coming up the sideline. And they actually forced the mistake. A couple of plays later, the Eagles end up blocking the field goal, which is a hat tip to the special teams unit, obviously. But that's what I'd love to see more from, from Jonathan Gannon, is the aggression rushing six, not just four or five, and forcing the mistake as opposed to waiting for the mistake to happen. Well, yeah, everybody wants aggression until they go over the top and, you know, go 80 yards. Yeah, and then that happens in football sometimes. But when you rarely ever show that aggression, I'd like to see it every once in a while. No, I get it. And there's a happy medium, and you have to do it at times. I I mean, if you look at Miami beating Baltimore, I always go back to Derek will probably remember uh, what everybody calls the Joe Webb game. Yeah. I actually oh, yes. call that. I actually call that the Antoine Winfield game, because the Vikings blitzed Antoine Winfield off the slot and just made it hell for Michael Vick. I'm waiting for somebody to do that to Jalen Hurts. To be honest, right. Miami just did it to Lamar Jackson. That's right. Um, I think it's coming at some point, but again, it morphs from week to week, and I I, I think that's you know sort of the positive of Nick Sirianni. He's learning as he goes. I think Jonathan Gannon is learning as he goes. He saw an opponent he could uh, be a little bit more aggressive with, and he was a little bit more aggressive with it. You know, if you're playing Tom Brady, this is probably not the best week because he might have had his worst game in ages. But typically, if you're playing Tom Brady and you're going to blitz six at him, he's just going to pick you apart. He knows where it's coming from. He's going to throw right behind it, and you're going to look silly. So I, I do think you have to put the context of of who you're playing into it. Real quick, I just want to say yeah. that the uh, the Ravens were blitzed 24 times by the Dolphins' secondary. That's only counting the amount of times That's they right. sent yeah. the secondary up. Right. 24 blitzes from the secondary yeah. on Lamar Jackson. Sorry, Gunnar, go ahead. No, you haven't seen 24 blisters from the Eagles secondary all season long, and I mean, you probably <laughs> won't see it happen. But, but, but you know, from the department of things that make you go, hmm. Hey, John, in the post-game press conference, you asked Jalen Hurts, was this his best game? And he said, is that what they're saying? <laughs> that, that was his answer to you? Is that what they're saying? Yeah. Well, what, yeah, what did he elaborate, yeah. How did he elaborate beyond that? Uh, he, he, you know, I think he's surprised by some of the, the – you know, how people take because he had statistical success and this goes when he doesn't have uh, statistical success. He's very I always talk about he's very even keeled, so he's not going to be over the moon because he had a, a, a good first half. But I do think yeah, it's pretty obvious it was his best half of football um, so far this season. Um and it's a launching point, but I, I just don't think he thinks that way. And I think he thinks it's interesting when people think that way. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that's how you're you're judged in the NFL is results. And um, he had the results today. And, you know, to him, it's more about the process, which I get. And I hate that term because the Sixers have ruined it in Philadelphia. But 
True. Um, you know, Jalen believes in a different type of process, and he thinks as long as he's improving, everything is headed in the right direction. Uh, and from his standpoint, I think that's a very good way to look at things. But uh, I do think you have to be realistic as well, and you're going to be judged by results on the field, statistics, wins and losses, and all that stuff as well. And today was tremendous, especially in the first half. Uh, what does Jalen Hurd say? The only stat that matters is is win or loss. So you'd think he'd be pretty happy with the stats after this game. Um, so I know uh, Mark and, and Deegan are going to give me a hard time for asking this, but uh, we're being very positive this show. It's a weird feeling. But, uh, John, I want to know if you have any or if, if anyone in the, in the post game had any uh, – critiques or things that they need to improve upon. I mean, we still don't have a win at home and our schedule is looking pretty easy moving forward. So, you know, how do the Eagles ensure that we, we get some more wins? Well, they do have to figure out a way to win at home. I, I mean, it starts next week um, with New Orleans and, and Trevor Simeon's going to be the starting quarterback. So it's not, you know, what you think of the saints typically. Uh, so it's another opportunity Um you know, for whatever reason, the, the the Eagles had some very difficult opponents, obviously, at home early in the season. But at, at some point, you got four wins on the road, none at home. When, you know, if you look at the Doug Peterson era until the final year, they generally they generally dominated at Lincoln Financial Field. So it's mm-hmm. it's been a, a sharp change and that that obviously has to improve. And I think everybody understands that maybe. Part of the reason is there's a little bit more pressure, to be honest, to get off the schneid, so to speak, at home. And and until they do it, uh, I think it's going to be one of those things where it's really, really difficult. Um, but as far as in this game, I mean, look, they were everybody was happy. Nobody was pointing. There were a couple things, you know, on the interception. Kenny Gainwell didn't pick up and pass protection. Obviously, you had the Quez Watkins drop. That should have been a touchdown. Mm-hmm. That was a great throw. Uh, by Jalen Hurts. Um, I mentioned coming out in the second half, I thought they lost a little bit of sense of urgency uh, and they had to three it out. And and then the interception, they gave Denver a small opportunity to get back in the game. They probably want to tighten that up. Uh, Nick mentioned some of the the penalties on defense, specifically the pre-snap ones. I know everybody's going to kill Derek Barnett, another personal foul, uh, and he deserved that one. Uh, mm. That's just you know what they're calling. He, right. he, he did that sort of extra jump on Teddy Bridgewater at the end. Right. Um, you can't do that in today's NFL. So small stuff like that. But I mean, they dominated this game. They dominated this game, and it, you know it's interesting. How do you sit Jordan Howard? I mean, Miles Sanders is coming back. He's he's already on social media uh, saying he's ready to go. He was on the sidelines tonight. Three weeks. Yeah. You know, he's obviously healthy, uh, and the Eagles can bring him off injured reserve this week. I don't know how you sit Jordan Howard. They are a better football team with Jordan Howard. He's not a better football player than Miles Sanders, but they're a better team because of the style of football he plays. John, what what did what did uh, Lane Johnson say about Jordan Howard? I know he was very complimentary after the game. Yeah, I mean, I think it's his physical uh, approach, and mm-hmm. you know, I think Nick was very upset earlier. In fact, I don't think I know 
when his team was portrayed as being uh, not physical, getting beaten up, getting out physical week in and week out. And he wanted to change that thought process pretty quickly. That's one of the reasons T.J. Edwards is playing at linebacker, and he's just blowing people up. Um, and it's one of the reasons uh, Jordan Howard has been so effective on the offensive side of the ball. Um, you know, again, these guys are maybe not the most skilled players, but they bring a presence that the Eagles didn't have without them. Two quick things for you, John, for me. How do you think they sort out that running back room? Did Gainwell get taken out? Does Jordan Howard get taken out? Do you think how Boston Scott, like when Miles Sanders does come back, how do you see that actually playing out? I think I think Boston's going to be the odd man yep. out. Yep. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, and I don't, I don't think he deserves it. Um, the Eagles, you know, Kenny Gainwell hasn't played as much. They, they had that role. I think people were a little bit confused. They were behind so much early in the season. He was the third down back to hurry up back. So, and they were playing, you know, so much hurry up because they were trying to get back in the game. He played a ton. And then when they started taking control of games by running the football, they never wanted him to be the RB1, so to speak. And that's why it's not that Jordan Howard and Boston Scott jumped him. Uh, it's that that's not his role. Um, so he'll keep that role. And Miles Sanders will come in and sort of take the, the Boston Scott role as the starter. And I think Jordan Howard will uh, keep his role as sort of that, that physical back. But if you go all the way back to his first year here, it was Miles' rookie season, if you guys remember. Miles started that season as the starting running back, and he wasn't that effective. And then Jordan Howard got his opportunity, played really well. I think it was against Buffalo and then Chicago, his old team, and he was the starter. I mean, he, he won the job and he was the starter and then he got that, he got hurt. He got that weird stinger injury and he was out basically for the rest of the season. Uh, and miles came back in and played well and took over the job. 
I, I think we're seeing a similar thing happen now. You can't take him off the field. Now, if that changes next week and he doesn't play well against New Orleans or changes moving forward, then you could say, all right, we got to go back to Miles Sanders. But until that happens, you can't take him off the field. Wow. Yeah, I, I want to uh, ask you about a solution for another position, um, and that is wide receivers. Devontae Smith obviously had an incredible game, uh, and I found some some fun stats on Jalen Rager. Uh, Jalen Rager had <laughs> there are, negative there are no fun stats. Yeah, right. Negative fourteen yards in his last two touches. Uh, Devontae Smith now has more career receiving yards than Jalen Rager. Um, what is the solution for him? He's so unproductive. Uh, I, I feel like all he does is, is, I mean, he doesn't even contribute much on special teams. But, um, I mean, has that been acknowledged? And then, of course, we had that uh, pass that should have been a catch from Quez Watkins. Um, aside from Devontae Smith, is there any concern over lack of production from our receivers? Yeah, I think there's a, a lot of concern because uh, you need more than Devontae. And Devontae's playing great and, mm. you know, more so than – the first touchdown, which was a great, you know, individual plays. Uh, Patrick Sertain had great coverage as well. He just, you know, got the football uh, in a 50-50 situation. The routes, the other receptions he had, uh, you know, the separation he gets is amazing as a route runner. You're talking mm -hmm. four or five yards, mm -hmm. and you just don't see that typically in the NFL. Um so, I mean, you set him aside. He's, I, I often say, he's another species of wide receiver mm. we haven't seen in a long time in Philadelphia. Um, they need a compliment, and they don't have a compliment. But Quez Watkins has clearly lapped and, and taken over the, the number two role for uh, Jalen Rager, and they try to get him involved with some manufactured touches. It's not working. I, I hate to do it. It's so early in his career. And I'm not saying he can't be rescued somewhere else, but the Eagles are probably going to have to go in a different direction uh, next season. And, and they they need to get a veteran receiver as a, as a compliment. No more draft picks. You got the draft pick. You finally got it with Devontae Smith. Now they need a veteran guy that knows how to play, um, to, to sort of complement at that particular position. And I heard Derek talking about free agency and draft picks. They'll have plenty of money yep. uh, to go out and get free agents. So you can get an all Sean Jeffrey type. That's the way they have to tackle wide receiver in the off season. Were you so a pro OBJ? Sorry. Sorry, Deegan. No, it's okay. No, I mean, I, I don't think OBJ fits this team uh, mm. for what he wants or what they want from a, a culture standpoint from what the Eagles yeah. want but from uh, he he wants to be with a contender and the Eagles aren't there so they're not in a position to be in the conversation for guys like that right now mm. uh, he wouldn't have wanted to come here and I don't think they I know they didn't have any interest in him a lot because they know he didn't want to come here to be honest mm. I know a lot of people are down on Jalen Rager, and in some cases, rightfully so. But when you look at his 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 looks, his touches, you, you can't find out what he is or is not when he's only getting one or two looks a game. Um, and, and I understand you have to make the most of your opportunities, but to get a true evaluation of what he is or is not, you've, you've got to give him more looks. You have to. And because right now, everybody's down on Jalen, and I understand why, and I've been down on him as well. But you'd hate to see this team give up on him too soon and have him go somewhere, come back, 
and bite you in the butt, especially if he goes in a division. You know, I know we're still frustrated that we took Jalen instead of Justin Jefferson. I get that. But he's here now. He's played for two different quarterbacks now. You, 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 Nick Sirianni goes to him maybe one – what, he had one, one look in this game? Okay, in previous games I see a lot of ones, maybe twos. You know, that's not how you develop a wide receiver when the bullets are flying for real. And I understand your star is Devonta Smith. Quez Watkins has the capability of being a very good complimentary number two. But this kid was the first-round draft pick, and you've got, to, you've got to do a fair evaluation of him because in Howie Roseman's case, how much more egg can you put, take on the face for blowing first- and second-round picks, which he's done like every other year? So I think somewhere along the line, you've got to give him a better evaluation before you decide what he is or is not. Yeah, I, I hear you, Deacon. That's where I was at the beginning of the season. Right. But I, I understand. I mean, it, you're right about Howie Roseman. Howie Roseman wanted Jalen Rager to succeed. Believe me, yeah. he wanted yeah. Jalen Rager to succeed. And when you talk about fair evaluation, well, you know, Jalen played himself off, mm-hmm. you know, the rotation. Uh, Nick Suriani, he was the number two receiver to start the season. Uh, and Quez Watkins took over for him, not just because of what happens in games, but because of what happens in practice as well. And to be honest, if the Eagles had anything behind Jalen Rager, and they don't, you're talking mm-hmm. about Greg Ward, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside got banged up again today. I mean, they're not going to push anybody. So right. in a lot of ways, he's getting more playing time than he probably deserves because the depth is so bad. I I often talk about, you know, trying to serve two masters and, you know, the Eagles are in a transition phase, rebuilding phase, whatever you want to call it. Well, Nick Sirianni is in the guts of a season now. He's trying to win games. That's his job. He's trying to beat the Denver Broncos and empower field on a Sunday and he did it. And he's going to try to beat the New Orleans Saints and he's going to do whatever it takes that week to beat that team. He doesn't care about Howie Roseman's flub of a first-round pick at this stage. And that's sort of the two different <clears throat> stages they come from at this particular time. And when you're a contender, as the Eagles were uh, for a lot of the Doug Peterson era, those things kind of match up and wed. But right now, he's not playing because he doesn't deserve to play. Bottom line. I'm going to keep – I'm going to root for that more, John, that uh, Nick Sirianni doesn't care really about what Howie Roseman thinks. And I, I know right now it's about Jalen Rager, and let's just hope that that grows with a couple other things and opinions by Howie Roseman. Um, John, I do want to ask you this. Uh, it's 14 games now with Jalen Hurts starting as an NFL quarterback. It's, uh, 14 games started now. What is your latest evaluation about what Jalen Hurts is going forward? Um, I, I've said this pretty much from the start. He's improving um, today, I think, was his uh, best game. I think he's better suited. I think the Eagles thought at the beginning of this season they needed to run the heavy RPO stuff, and that was the best way to go. They're now finding out the best way to go is to set him up with a good running game and let him have clear windows to throw the football to open receivers um, and all of it can look good, and they finally have an identity. They finally have a formula. 
but I heard you guys talking about the draft and Howie Roseman and going to see Kenny Pickett mm -hmm. uh, on Thursday night, which, by the way, he should do. That's his job. Yep. There's yep. nothing wrong with it. He's not insulting anyone. I, I just know what the Eagles want, and they want a top five quarterback. They want a top ten quarterback. Uh, and they're not going to stop until they get it. That doesn't mean it's going to be Kenny Pickett. It, it's always about the evaluation of the player. It might not be anybody this year. And Jalen Hurts is a starting quarterback at next year as well. And he's 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 you know putting points into that column, so to speak. But I think ultimately, the way the Eagles are playing now to win those games that I told you that Nick Sirianni is trying to do. Ultimately, they don't want to play that way. They play that way because they have to play that way right mm -hmm. now. They don't want to play that way. And they're going to look for that top five quarterback until they get them. That's just, that's just the thought process of this, this organization. And, you know, that's kind of obvious. It's for most organizations. But this one more so than any other, maybe not any other, but Jeffrey Lurie has talked about having high-level, high-octane offense, whatever you want to call it, throwing passing offense to be a consistent winner in this league, and that's what he believes, and he's always going to believe that, and he's probably hey, right. Hey, John, I said earlier in the show, when it comes to evaluating the draft, in, in particular quarterbacks for next year, I don't want to see this organization end up chasing ghosts. You know, right now, as we look at it, the, the, the word is there's not that so-called elite quarterback coming out of the draft next year. But as you know, between now and the time that draft rolls around, you have these bowl games, you have the combine, you have the individual workouts, and all of a sudden an average quarterback ascends up the ladder to this kid could be your next franchise quarterback, and all of a sudden you end up taking the likes of the next Sam Rosen, Sam Darnold, Dwayne Haskins. So I'm hoping his team is extremely cautious based on his draft history at a number of positions over the last four or five years and really think and evaluate this before you use one of those high draft picks where you could get an impact player somewhere else um, taking what you believe to be is a future franchise quarterback and it turns out not to be the case. Yeah, it always – and that's why I said always, it always comes down to evaluation. Look, the Eagles, if they could have found a way – to get Zach Wilson, that was the guy they would have drafted this year. Uh, that was the guy they thought would be a star quarterback. Um, and obviously the jury is still way out on Zach Wilson. Um, you just mentioned some of the names, uh, Derek. You know, said Joe Burrow was one of those guys who yep. um, didn't wasn't thought of highly as a prospect and all of a sudden shoots up the board. Um it's early, but he's looking like a really good pick for Cincinnati. Um, and you're right. I mean, I you know, I can tell you from talking to NFL people, Kenny Pickett's going to be that guy. So it's just a matter of where does he land. And it's not about nothing against Twitter scouts or social media people, but NFL people, like, you keep hearing that name, Kenny Pickett, yeah. Kenny yeah. Pickett, Kenny Pickett. Um, and he's the guy who was raising up and that's why they started their due diligence. If they believe he's going to be a top five, top 10 quarterback, they're going to draft him. Mm. If they don't, they're going to go in a different direction. Mm. So it's always about the evaluation of the particular prospect. 
John, real quick, last one for me. This one comes from uh, our friend Allison in the chat, actually, that's asking the Eagles to carry four running backs. And I'm all for that. I'm with Allison on this one. If the Eagles were to keep four, who do you think would be the odd man out when it comes to the rest of the team? Who do you think is that 53rd man on the roster? Or 54th, I guess. Well, I have 77 cornerbacks, and none of them do. <laughs> no, it's not, there it's you not go. that they're, they're going to keep four running backs. They're not. When I said Boston Scott is the odd man out, he's not getting cut. He's just no, like, no, okay, yeah, 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 I understand that, yeah. Um, yeah, Jack Anderson, offensive lineman, is typically inactive each week. Um, yeah, I mean, they have, they're not going to struggle to find a spot. Dressing four, them. then, on game days? Uh, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Days. Yeah. I am here for that. I remember I remember just a couple years ago, they, they had five guys. I remember they kept five guys when they broke camp. Uh, John McMullen, thank you so much for joining us as per usual, as you do after every Eagles game and live post game show. And you are, my friend, presented by Mesa Law and Associates. Need a tough injury lawyer called Mesa and Associates. John McMullen, thanks so much, brother. Appreciate you. Hey, thank you all. Appreciate it. John McMullen Appreciate checking you. in on live post-game show. There we go. We'll break it all down when we return. And also, I, I have to weigh in because I haven't said anything yet about uh, Howie Roseman and his uh, binoculars 2.0. <laughs> so we'll get into that in a second when we return on live post-game show. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.